Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Here we are again. It feels like an age since we last spoke to each other. Well, I spoke to you. Well, Colin Clark, David Evans, George Donaldson and I spoke to you here on Spin the Rally Pod. Thank you for downloading us. It's been an age, it feels like. But the good news is we're back and we're ready to talk about the Acropolis Rally, the Rally of the Gods. We're heading to Greece Excitement, excitement, but I, I also have to say that, oh, it is the season of mists and mellow fruitfulness. Glorious sunshine yes. in the UK at the moment. It is, it's just proper. I love autumn. Autumn is proper rallying weather, don't you think? Well, at least you and I are completely aligned. Autumn and winter are only seasons worth having. <laughs> the only seasons worth having. But just before we go any further, Lisa, you have to just give us a little flavour of Japan the Paralympics oh. we unfortunately we're not going I am absolutely devastated about that it's one of my favorite countries in the world so tease us tell us a little bit what was it like I tell you what David it's one of my favorite countries in the world now and I spent 14 days in soft quarantine so uh, flew into the country and basically uh, was in the hotel um, became very good friends with the local Lawson's convenience store because that's uh, where we had to feed ourselves from and then um, and then to work um, to cover gold ball. And it, I, have, and I, I covered the opening ceremony, closing ceremony, and it was heartbreaking that everything was so empty. But mm. I still felt like I was at a very special Paralympic Games. The, the level of sports is extraordinary. But mm. all the people who had volunteered, who should have been having the effect that I saw in London of being part of something incredibly special as a volunteer, as a, you know, a driver, uh, you know, everything that everybody has when they're working around something as special as the Olympic and Paralympic Games it just wasn't quite there for them because they didn't have other people to share it with. But because it's Japan, everything was just perfect. Everybody was mm. polite and smiley. And I was just left with this burning urge to go, go around and see every single part of Japan. It was it was just wonderful. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. I couldn't, I've, I'm left with a big part of my heart wanting to go back to Japan and it, to, you know, support the people that, that just made even those 19 days that I was in the country feel so special. It's the people, yeah. isn't it, at least? It's, it's the Japanese it people. They're, they're the most welcoming, hospitable, friendly, uh, helpful people you can find anywhere. They're, 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 the Japanese culture is, is uh, something very different. and. Um, you know, if you get the chance to experience it, it really is. I have to say, though, when you mentioned Lawson's there, at least, that, that brought back <laughs> a few memories. <laughs> yeah. I, I, had, I had one of the funniest experiences of my life in a Lawson's with Dan Barrett. 
<laughs> Clearly, you can't repeat it. <laughs> no, I can repeat it. I can repeat it. So, so I can't remember what year it was, but Dan was co-driving, I think, for Toshiari, and they they crashed out early. Something had happened, and, and he wasn't competing. So he, he said, "Can I come out with you?" Cost said, "Yeah, no problems. Come out with me." So he was out with me on the on the event, and we stopped at a Lawson's to just to get you know to fuel up with some some food. Some quality, <laughs> top-notch food and cakes like Absolutely. they've come from a French patisserie. Well, you know, remember those, those, they've got those little steamers, haven't they, with the dumplings in them? Oh, yeah. So I go straight for a couple of dumplings, and Dan's going, oh, what's, what's, what's that like? What's, what's, you, know, you don't get those in Northern England. What, what, what are those like? What are those? I thought they're lovely. They're very sweet. They're just fluffy. They're light. They're lovely. Oh, right, right, right. I'll, I'll try one of those then. <laughs> <laughs> so, Apologies to Old England. I got three of them. I got three of them. Two for me, one for Dan. And he starts eating his as we're driving away. And then all of a sudden, stop! Stop the car! Stop! <laughs> Slammed on the brakes, thinking, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? Door opens, you know, at lightning speed. His head's out the door. And honestly, he wasn't quite being sick, but he was close to being sick. But Dan, what, what's going on? He says, Watch this, beep, <laughs> you're fading me. <laughs> and he'd, he'd, unfortunately, I'd got the two sweet dumplings and he'd got the fermented, George, oh. I don't know what it is, fermented bean one. And it was vile. Oh. It wasn't the pickle plum. That's delicious. I think he can still taste it. And that was about 10 years <laughs> yeah. ago. Poor old Dan Barrett. Uh, the most, ex- most extraordinary range of cakes that um, me and my colleagues worked <laughs> our way through, saying, oh, have you tried the Hokkaido milk pudding oh. shoe pastry oh. filled? I mean, it, it was extraordinary. Oh. It wasn't a convenience store as I know a convenience store at all. It's just brilliant. Anyway, we, we're here to talk rallying. Um, mm. <laughs> should we talk about the Acropolis rally, the car breaker? It's back. I, <laughs> I wish I was there. <laughs> well... Well, I'm going to, if you don't mind, guys, I'm going to jump in because uh, it's unusual. The weather, the weather, David, what's it like back home? You're in a heat wave, apparently, aren't you? Oh, yeah. We, we, we are. I, uh, I am not, uh, I'm not with Colin in Colin? Acropolis uh, this, this week. Oh, I oh, am oh. on a couple of special oh. assignments. We should point out at this stage that Colin is roadside in Greece <laughs> and he's, he's waiting to, to get some business that he needs to get done. Uh, he's clearly just switched his headphones off and he can't hear us now. But he is now talking no, no, to himself. Now. Oh, I'm back now. He's back. There, he's back. there we go. You were never on the He's back. <laughs> we heard everything. Oh, you sorry. Were. Sorry. I didn't touch anything. I didn't touch anything, honestly. <laughs> Maybe it's the signal. Uh, anyway. So, guys, I was going to tell you about the weather here. The, I, I don't know if you'll have seen some of the pictures that came out of Shake, not Shake Down, the recce yesterday. Uh, one or two stages just. One got blocked, in fact, by recce cars. It was so, so muddy. We've had torrential rain, and it's continuing today. It honestly looks like a wet weekend in Rill, you know, today. Wow, it's wow. absolutely horribly wet. It's cold. Everyone's got their winter wet gear on. It's not pleasant, and it's going to rain all day today and all day tomorrow. Are the roads like ice? The asphalt roads I like ice? I can't see or... that not affecting the stages. I know, George, you'll tell us it dries incredibly quickly around here. But the amount of rain that's coming down, the state of the stages, it's going to be interesting to see what the organisers do. Will they put a blade across some of those stages potentially? I don't know. I don't know. But it's certainly, certainly not what we were expecting in terms of the weather um, in the days leading up to the event. And, and does this, Colt, does this actually play directly into the hands of Mr. Sebastian Ogier? Well, now this is the interesting thing because, you know, as you know, 
Guys, the, the, the rally's actually split across quite a big geography this time. We're based in Lamia, but Friday is around Lutraki. Now, Lutraki's about, I guess it must be, must be 100 kilometers or so to the south of where we are, to the southwest of where we are. And it's across the Parnassos mountain range. And the Parma- but, but Carl, just, just very briefly explain, because obviously the, the event starts outside the Acropolis yeah. or on the Acropolis, and then it's an overnight in Athens, isn't it? And then they go sort of what? west from there. And then north. Absolutely. That, and that's on, the first day. The first day, is, the first yeah. day is around Lutraki, which is, uh, as I say, about 100 kilometers or so other side of the Parnassos Mountains from Lamia. Uh, Saturday and Sunday stages are all in the mountains around Lamia. And that is where we are just now. And that is where the weather is really quite bad. It's not so bad around Lutraki. I've had a look at the forecast. They're expecting the odd little shower today. And that is it. You know, really dry tomorrow, dry all day Friday. So I don't think Friday's stages will be affected really at all. Maybe stage the last stage of the day, which again comes back towards Lamia. Maybe that one will be a little bit wet, a little bit damp. But your Ogier will still have a massive, massive job to do on the Friday, even with this rain that we're seeing around Lamia. For me, the big question is just how are Saturday and Sunday stages going to look by the time we get there? Because, you know, this rain is, I think, a little unusual. Um, and really, there is a lot of it, a lot of rain coming down, torrential rain last night, rain today, more torrential rain tomorrow. Interesting. Really We've got interesting. a massive, um, massive leg on Saturday as well, haven't we? Mm. Isn't it 132 competitive kilometres on Saturday? Yeah, it's, I mean, the whole route for this, uh, for, for this event is, is quite, quite different to what we normally see. You know, we've become very used to. Uh, seeing two loops of two, two loops of three stages uh, per day, and that's really all changed here. Like Colin said, we start with a, a super special uh, right in the centre of Athens, which is going to be incredible. Uh, that there's so much work's gone into, gone into to putting that stage together. And Cole's got a very special story, uh, which hold that thought, Cole. I'll just do the rest of the route, and then, like he said, uh, Lutraki, so the classic Aggie Theodori stage twice. But then Lutraki, Thiva and Alatia are only run once. Into Saturday, we do have one stage, two stages repeated. Um, but then Gravier and Bauxite stay the, their single runs. Sunday, Tarzan is the power stage run twice. Uh, and one stage splitting those two. But that one stage, Pergos, mm. uh, is, is 33 kilometers. I mean, yes, Lisa, it is a big day. 132, 110 miles or something on Saturday, but also Saturday is 70k, which is Sunday, yeah. Sorry, Sunday is is 70k, which is a good few miles as well. So I love a long Sunday because you just have to, you can't, you can't risk too much when you're pushing hard on a Saturday because you've got to get through on the final day of the event. Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. And, and three good chunky stages on, on Sunday. It's, uh, it's going to be great. And, I think, you know, for me, it, it's not quite back to a brilliant, brilliant, long, super long, super tough Acropolis. Uh, and, Colin, I don't know if you've managed to drive any of the roads because there is a lot of chatter about some of the stages. Perhaps this has been compromised by the wet weather. But there was talk that it was going to be a little bit smoother with a lot of work done to, to repair the roads. Um, obviously, the championship not having been there for eight years. Um, but, yeah, it's still... It's still fantastic but, to be back. But the nature of these repairs, it's interesting what you say about the repairs, David. I've had, I have had a, a look at a few of the stages. And yeah, you can see where they've repaired the roads. And you know what these road repairs are like? It, you can repair roads. And then if you have constant traffic over those repairs, 
the repairs bed down, and you get a pretty solid base, don't you? But when yeah. you repair a road just for a rally, it looks great for the recce. The minute you put a world rally car into there, it starts to dig they up. And, and that is what's yeah. going to happen. They look fantastic. They look smooth. But I drove the start of Bauxite mm. yesterday, uh, and it's wide, and it looks really smooth. It comes out of the town through what's effectively a rubbish dump, to be honest with you. It's not particularly always, pretty to start Always the same colour, not this, not, not, no change there yeah. at all. Mm. Well, you know, it, it, it's a mine, it isn't is, it, George? Yeah. And, and mines are never pretty. They're, they're never yeah. pretty. It's a Bauxite mine. Um, but you looked at it, and, and as you're looking up the hill, you're looking at the road, you think that road looks really, really good. And then the stones start to clatter on the underside of your car. And you're down to 20 kilometers an hour. You're down to 15 kilometers an hour. And you're thinking, how can I be going so slowly on what looks like a good road? Well, there's bedrock. There are massive rocks just poking up above this, this newly laid layer of, yeah, I wouldn't call it gravel in places. It's almost like the kind of rocks that you find in, say, a riverbed. Um, so I think, I think, yeah, the, the roads will look a lot smoother, David. But I think by the time we get in there, and particularly on the second pass, It'll be just as challenging as ever. It really will. Uh, and we're going to see a lot of attrition. There's no question, because don't forget, you know, we're talking remote services again. It's a long time since we last had a remote service. I can't remember when we last had a remote service. Um, we've had tire zones, obviously, but remote services, they kind of ditched those a few years ago. Uh, but remember, you know, remote one in Croatia. services. Sorry? Was it, there's one in Croatia. Was there? So it wasn't such a long time then. Um, <laughs> we've, we've had one this year, haven't we? Because we, we drove down to that park somewhere and stood in the park. Was that? Yeah, was that, that was just a tire a zone. That was a tire zone. No, no, no. I exactly. suppose the very no, fact no. you can't yeah. you can't pull one straight to mine shows that it's been yeah. been a while. It's but been I, a while. you know, you know, I I don't think I, I don't. If anyone's thinking this is going to be a fairly innocuous Acropolis rally, well, just wait, wait until Friday and particularly the second pass, and then wait in particular till till Saturday and and see the effect that the weather's had on the stages. It's going to be massively, massively challenging. And again, I suspect a rally where... You know, I spoke to Ogier yesterday, and, and you'll, you'll see that interview on Dirtfish. Uh, and he, he, you know, okay, he's got a job to do on the Friday, clearly. But he hinted at the fact that, you know, they've, they've scored some good results in rallies on gravel this year where they opened the road where they didn't expect to get good results. Uh, in particular... Sardinia. Sardinia, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So he kind of hinted at that again, and I think he's probably right. It's, it's going to be a rally for, for using your head um, and, and making sure that you look after your car. George, how do teams, uh, well, I mean, I remember when I was at the Acropolis rally years and years and years and years ago, it was the year that um, uh, Sebastian Loeb was dominating everything. So right mid-noughties it was. And Petter Solberg just couldn't do anything right in that you know, it was like he'd smashed every mirror in the place or every black cat, whatever, had given him every bit of bad luck. And he was doing well in the rally and then was um, involved in an um, interstage collision with a spectator car and was out of the, out of the event when it had got interesting. Yeah. Um, but but everybody else is breaking their cars. So how do the teams? What you know when you're you're looking at a potential car breaking rally? What what do you there's, do as a team? There's not boss? much you can do. I mean, it, 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 as an engineer, um, there's not much you can do. The car's homologated, and that's it. You you can put some additional protection under the car, um, but you're really looking to deflect any anything that might cause damage, and anything that might cause damage, as we know, probably weighs about you know seven or eight kilos, um, how do you deflect that a car doing 100 and, 
1780 kph round a corner it's almost impossible you raise the car a little bit you know, it's probably down more to the the team management and the and the the tactics for the driver for the event whatever your strategy is for the event which is usually flat out and win let's be honest uh, unless you're Sebastian Ogier at the moment you might not be flat out to win you might have a slightly different attitude but um it, it's your tactics how you you know f- from your recce you know where the rough places are so you know you 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 strategize where to to take chances where to push where to where to reduce the the safety margins to to absolute zero where you know that they're the most likely you're not going to meet that spurious rock in the road um as Colin said there, you know, box out way. Uh, now, that used to be a, a fairly smooth stage with the odd rough place, always uh, capable of being big, loose rocks. Um, I mean, it, it, it generally doesn't get so soft in Greece. It got rocky. The rocks come out of the road, so it gets bumpy and rough. Just exactly the sort of thing that knocks a suspension arm off a car as a strategy. Keep the car straight. You know, I mean, okay, the fastest way to drive these cars is as straight as possible, but as we know, they're always drifting at, you know, five to ten degrees, but with the, still with the car, uh, the steering still uh, degreed into the corner, so they're still sort of feeding in. Not so much of the oversteer. Um, it's oversteered and understeered at the same time that the car is, and, and that's the fastest way to, to, to keep them going. So you, you're really going to lean on that very heavily to make sure that you're, you know, you're not coming into the corner completely on the side. Hurting tires, you know, getting punctures is a massive thing. Oh, Colin, sorry. what's happening? Nothing. I thought the guy in front of me was going to hit me. Oh, it's parked on a very steep hill. Sorry, that's me being... Sorry, George. I was loving your story. Keep going. My fault. No, nothing if not dramatic, oh dear, oh dear. Colin. So even when you're parked, you're capable Never. of having a well freaking drama. <laughs> Honestly. Queen and drama, right. I, yeah, I, I, you are the one. Perfect. Perfect. I am the one. George, Thank you. George, what about... What about the days when you would when you would carry some spares? Uh, do you do much? Would you do much of that well, these today? Again, just again, depending on how far you are from service, it makes some sense. I mean, the guys do carry some mm. spares. Um, the limit. What sort of stuff have they got then? Well, I mean, honestly speaking, I've still I've still never managed to get into the technicalities of these cars. I mean, typically you would carry, you know. Some 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 suspension links that might get knocked off, but these cars don't have things like that. You know, yeah. the 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 front and rear suspension tends to tend to be these lovely big uh, sort of swinging arm A arms, uh, the bottom the bottom arms, all geared to keep the geometry um, as as neutral as possible throughout the suspension range. Um, so yeah, I think they're they're but too George, big to carry. George, basically, the bottom line is. But but George. So, so remind us. It, it is it is a while since we had a remote service. Um, I'm just trying to remind myself the regulations of remote services. You can only replace parts that you carry on the car in a remote service. Is that correct? Are the teams allowed to bring no, parts that with was, them that, to a that, remote that service? That used to be the rule at the re- remote service. Um, and I have to confess, I have that, downloaded that, yeah. the WRC regulations and. <laughs> There might well be a, a, a still a regulation in there on remote service, and it will tell you what you can do. But I would have skipped over it because it's irrelevant. <laughs> Sorry, apologies. Well, well it, it is until we get to a rally like this where it's well, what you would what you would tend to carry is is things that you could repair. You know, the the guys carry or carry wire lock, uh, some wire, some some little cable clips. Um, 
bits and pieces that you, you know ju jubilee clips uh, are quite amazing at holding things together if you've got enough of them uh, and and you can transpose them in a way that they'll 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 manage to capture the load um you'd be surprised what you can get away with but all it would do is allow you to drive through a stage generally speaking a fair bit slower than you normally would so you you've got to you've got to be working that you're losing less than 5 minutes a stage to make it worth keeping going and assuming that you're not going to damage the car further and then stop again you've then hemorrhaged an extra few minutes so most people are just making the decision when they have a problem to say right well we can either keep going as it is or or, or we stop and take uh, take super rally which most people do yeah, I, I think we're going to see a lot of attrition in this event. I really do. I think it's going to be very similar to, to Safari in some ways, guys, in that, you know, at Safari, we saw drivers, really the whole field in Safari, with no experience of how to deal with those roads. An awful lot of them, you know, having their European gravel heads on and just going for it, for it from stage one, stage two, and coming a cropper. Uh, you know, if we get that similar sort of attitude here, you know, we'll, we'll be down to very few cars by the end of Friday. I really think we could lose a number of cars on the Friday unless unless the attitude perhaps in certain camps um, is more about survival than perhaps pushing on. Because, you know, with, with that service, with it being a remote service, with, you know, the unknown about these stages, yes, they do look smooth. Yes, they'll look nice on recce. But, you know, think to Mexico, David George. Whenever we go to Mexico and we... We drive the stages on the recce in Mexico and we think, oh, these are just beautiful. They're like Finland. They're smooth. They're fast. You can absolutely push on. Stage one, stage two, it all starts to go wrong, doesn't it? The rocks start to appear from the cuts that you didn't see on the recce that were hidden by some of the dirt that's, that's slightly compacted. I genuinely think that that could be what we see on Friday and it, and it could be a really really difficult. I think it day. is going to be tough Colin and it is going to be just exactly as you say so that that tactics that the, the, the driver employ the suck it and see sort of tactic mm. really it's going to be once again it's the cleverest guy the guy that's read it best is quite simply I mean I know it's kind of stating the obvious but with with regard to those rough roads and, and maintaining a slight margin I, I suspect is important Will one driver be lucky enough to just push? Because I'm sure quite a few guys will just push like a normal European event. Will one or two? Will Will one of those guys be lucky enough to to get a clear run and and have taken a thirty second advantage on the first day, when he opened everything, or maybe even maybe even more throughout the the, the first two days? Will, will he be safe enough and and push through? You know, rather like uh, Thierry Neuville had done on Safari Rally. Uh, and then fall foul of almost nothing on the last day, because just because they've not been, they've been trading on luck effectively. Which is again, as, as I'm an advocate for saying, you, you make your own luck, but you're also uh, you're also subjecting yourself to those additional hazards. Um, so yeah, it'll be a tough one to balance. David, I was reading your article on Dirtfish.com. By the way, if you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to subscribe. Hit the subscribe button from your podcast provider. Um, I was looking at the conversation you've been having with Elvin Evans. What's the story there? Because you, you, you tell us the story a bit, but there's a little hinty-hinty. Can you tell us what you couldn't say in the article? <laughs> I I actually can't, Lee. So nah. I, um, I was with Yeri Matty on Monday night. Uh, for a for a meeting in in Munich, uh, and once we'd done all of the official business, 
Uh, I then said to him, so come on, what was the issue with, with Elvin in, in the pre-event test? And he couldn't remember either. And, and you know, Yeri Matty is a hopeless liar. Uh, so he <laughs> stood there and literally for a good two minutes, he was racking his brains, trying to think. And then he just said, oh, I just can't remember. Uh, so I think, you know, it could have just been one of those one of those minor niggles uh, that, that just kept the car off, off the road for, for but, a good David, part of the day. Um, yeah, but David, and, I, I spoke to him yesterday, to Elvin. And I said that to him. I said, look, you know, you didn't have the perfect test. You know, maybe you didn't get the miles. And he went, I don't know where the story is coming from. <laughs> he was quite happy with his well, test. It, it, it was a conversation with somebody who was out at the test. Um, and they said the car was, was in service for a long time. Uh, so I said to Tom Fowler, what was it? And he said, yeah, there was, there was some, some small things, nothing dramatic. But yeah, Elvin didn't probably get the number of kilometers that he would have wanted. Mm. Uh, so that was where the story came from for me. Um, but exactly what it was, I don't know. Uh, I mean, it couldn't have been too bad because obviously all of the, the drivers all used the same test car, didn't they? Uh, so no, I, I don't know um, exactly what it was. But, you know, fundamentally, this is a, is this a pivotal event for Elvin? I'm not sure it is. I think, you know, one thing that Elvin has to do here is almost forget about the championship. You know, he needs, he's, pretty much admitted the championship has gone he's 38 points behind if he could get any word championship word or thought out of his head it would probably free his is free himself up a little bit to drive in the way that we can because i do feel it's constantly at the back of his mind mm. at the moment uh, i felt like it was in in Ypres and you know Ypres really kind of gave him uh, a victory in the overall classification ahead of ogier but then ogier took more points than him so, you know, psychologically, Belgium could have been quite a tough one for Elvin. Um, so, yeah, I, I think he, he, needs to, he needs to forget championship uh, and just get on and, and drive in with a bit more freedom uh, and in a more kind of relaxed way. But equally, having said that, he's also got to remember that he needs to bring points home for Toyota, doesn't he? It's a, it's a kind of a, a pivotal point uh, in the season for them. And Tom Fowler said, you know, in terms of championship, Toyota is at that point where as a driver, maybe you've just got a sort of 30-second lead. It's not quite enough to relax uh, because you know that you can have a puncture or something at any, mm. part, at any point, um, and it brings the pressure back. back. So it's, it's a difficult position uh, it, for Toyota right now. It is difficult, and, it, and it's interesting, isn't it? Because obviously Hyundai had a, a very good event in Ypres. Uh, they could do with consolidating that here in, in Greece, but, you know... <laughs> You wouldn't, you wouldn't be betting on Hyundai, would you? You really wouldn't, you know, particularly with the problems that we've seen them enduring this year. Um, you know, we, we, we're still not 100% sure what those problems were. Uh, you know, the, the line from Adamo is that, well, nothing's changed with the suspension, so, you know, why should there be anything wrong with it? Well, if that's the case, then they have to be a little bit concerned about here because clearly, you, you know, they, they have had suspension issues on rougher gravel. Um, and if nothing's changed, if nothing's been put in there to protect it, then, uh, you know, then they must be vulnerable. And, and that's not good for, for Hyundai when they need a good result here. They can't, they can't just sit back and say, well, actually, we'll take maybe a second and a fourth. That's not good enough. They, they've got to be, you know, two cars ideally ahead of Toyota here. And to do that, they're going to have to push and to push. Perhaps, perhaps it may again expose the frailties of that suspension. Absolutely. I think, you know, they... 
you can talk blithely about, oh, put some more protection around the car, around the suspension, the pickup points and all of that. They'll do yeah. that. Of course they did that. They went. They did that when they went to Kenya. It uh, d- d- didn't work. The one, the one aspect that I did hear um, after the event is that they perhaps Thierry Neville's suspension wasn't changed ahead of the final day. Uh, now, obviously, current regulations stipulate that you can't just keep chucking new suspension parts at it. I think George would correct me if I'm wrong here. I think it's it's seven sets per three car team. Um, so you do have some spares and you have a floating spare that you can, but you're constantly sort of rotating the suspension. You take it off the car, you rebuild it through the day and put it back on uh, the, the following day. Um, and, that, and that apparently, so we're told it wasn't done. Uh, so Thierry went into the final day with, with suspension that, was, that had already seen some action. Um, and I think that is what uh, Oit Tanak was alluding to when he said that we'd learned a lesson from, from Kenya. Uh, and the lesson is that, you know, at every opportunity, you need to change the suspension. Uh, it, it's right, you know, Adamo is right. No, nothing has changed with those sax dampers. They're, they're exactly the same as, the, as they were. Uh, and it's not going to be easy for Hyundai guys to go into this event with that in the back of their minds. Um, that, you know, that, that, that they've had all of these issues so far this season. And it is this constant sort of fine line, isn't it? You know, you've got to push. Uh, but equally, you've got to keep some margin uh, in place because you're in a, Greece. You know, you're going to be in some of the roughest stages in the world. Uh, but it is just about, I'm sure we've all seen in the past, points where as a driver, you can go out and, and in Elvin Evans' words, you can put it on the door handles for three days and just about get away with it. Uh, but those are the exceptions, aren't they, George? Yeah, I mean, it is... It is um... It's just I mean, it's a question of, you know, it's the old adage that I never really quite fully explained about carrying a car. And uh, it is very much the case that a, a driver can can break a car very easily, you know, just coming into something just a, just one kph faster than he might have done. And that just lets the car just go a few more degrees sideways. And there it is. You can see the little step on a rock coming into the corner. You know, drivers can sometimes see things just because they're so focused and, and, and you know, their, their vision narrows uh, down, to, down to what they need to see. Although that's still quite a, 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 quite a, a, a broad capture in many ways. But but they can see. Oh, I really like to miss that. Have they got Have they got the ability to just bring the car in a little bit, just to lift off the power for a, a, a millisecond or for, you know, for half a second, just to just to pop the car back in, shed a couple of kph, and and literally carry the car past those 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 little uh, items that might just give that car that the, the strange mechanical input that just has. You know, just pushing the 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 breaking point of 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 some components to their very very limit, and and parts fatigue. You know, as we saw in in, in Greece, Colin. You're exactly what you said. You know that the, you know we were told that they didn't change the suspension in in on on the last day in Kenya for for Terry. So, yeah, you've you've got to look after it. You've you've somehow got to carry it a little bit. And I think all cars are the same. You know the. The, there's not much in it between any of them for fragility. The the Ford does seem to be the strongest. So again, you know, can we see something special from those guys this weekend? Both both drive, you know, b- both um, 
both the drivers that were in Kenya, remarkable performances. The 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 result belied just how good the performance was. I, I think so. You know, are these these guys still stepping up this year? I'd like to think so. Nice fresh event again. It's going to be a good strength for them. Yeah, we we kind of forget about Ford, don't we? We we perhaps don't really discuss them enough because you know the battle at the front is very much the Hyundai's and the Toyotas this year. But yeah, looking back to Kenya, George, both Greensmith and Formo had really, really strong events. And I, it is possible here, it's really possible here that a podium is on for M Sport because you know, we've already discussed about just how tough it's going to be on the Friday. As I say, with this rain that we've got around here, around Lamea in the Parnassos Mountains on the Saturday and Sunday, who knows what's going to happen in terms of road position, in terms of the way the road evolves. You know what? These guys that are leading at the end of Friday might not be so happy to be car 9 or 10 on the road on Saturday because it could be an absolute quagmire by the time they get to certain corners underneath the trees. Don't forget these are massive mountains. How many metres, George? Two and a half oh, thousand, three thousand well, metre well, mountains? It must be three, three, three plus. Yeah, they're huge. The, 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 ski, the stages the, the are ski, up around too. ski resort's up there. Carpanese ski resort. Just, just Just up the road from Lavadia there, you know. There's still wee patches of but, snow up on aye. the top, so it could be interesting, David. I definitely, but don't forget as well that you know Gus Greensmith has has made a real play, hasn't he, for this event that he's chasing his first stage win, and and yeah. let's let's just Acropolis, wait. Acropolis <clears> should not be real about stage wins. Never was, and I, it, yeah, certainly by the conditions, the conditions we're hearing very unusual. I've I've only ever seen rain, um, in in Greece maybe three times, Colin. And basically, the first thing that happens is that the rain goes onto the the asphalt road, which is which is either covered in oil, uh, so it's like a skating rink, or, or made, made of marble. marble. So it's like a skating <laughs> rink. So you get two options: skating rink or skating rink. I mean, and really, I mean, I'm talking about driving around a corner. Uh, there's the rain. You're driving up the straight, and the car starts to spin. And I mean, I'm not talking about accelerating or anything. The car just starts to spin the wheels and then wants to go sideways. And the road's a wee bit cambered down to the right-hand side and you're heading for the edge. And, it's, it's, and you're, not, you're only doing 40 kph. But, but, but George, we're not talking showers, by no. the way, George. We, we're talking a considerable amount of rain coming tomorrow. On top of what's already been a considerable amount. My of forecast says so, not, not but, much. But Colin, just, just so it'll be interesting to see just what comes. And the weekend's just, looking good. So wow. according to my forecast, just to come back to to Greensmith though, he, we have seen an improvement in his speed and his pace. Mm-hmm. I totally take your point, George. That you know it's not about stagings, but actually for him yeah. it is. You know there is that psychological aspect again that he wants to he wants to nail one. Yeah. Uh, and what we've also seen is uh, Adrian Formo testing recently testing the Puma Rally 1 car in Sardinia so you know he's in yeah. that kind of roughish gravel yeah. mentality of, of driving uh, you know potentially these boys Ford M Sport is is famed for building strong cars uh so a podium podium is Quite a real possibly. possibility but I, yeah. I, I I'm with George I don't like this talk about pushing for stage wins Formo was very 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 clever in you know, in Acropolis, not Acropolis, in Safari, sorry. Safari. You know, there, yeah. there, is, there is definitely competition between Formo and Greensmith within that M Sport team. You know, they're two young lads that want to establish themselves. And Formo was clever. He saw that cut. He knew, he knew if he took that cut, he would get a penalty. But what does the timesheet so- shows? Timesheet shows that Formo was quickest through that stage. The time penalty came later. He was very mm. clever. You know, he got, he got the stage win ahead of Greensmith. 
Job done. Greensmith should not go chasing stage wins. I, I'm 100% with George yeah. on that. I think that's that's a dangerous, dangerous ploy, particularly here in Greece. But George, weatherman George, the forecast for tomorrow around here, not not around Lamia, not around, sorry, not around Lutraki, but around Lamia and in the mountains where Saturday and Sunday stages are, 20 millimetres of rain. Yes. George, totally, 20 mil. totally contrary to my, uh, my forecast. Hi. Well, don't you worry with your forecast. Mine is right. I am always right when it comes to the weather. Always <laughs> very right. British, we've yeah. gone. Always right. Yeah. Well, 20 mil, George. Yeah. It's going gonna, it's gonna to rain for the next 24, 36 Can't hours. I'm sure that car didn't crash into you and knock you down a wee hole or anything. Like You're not on the roof, are you? In a ditch with, with water filling the car or something like that. Are you okay? Speaking of which, Listen, I'm going to send you some I'm pictures. Gonna, when I get out I'm to gonna the edge stages us in on, I'm going I'm to edge us on yeah. a bit from our, our weather debates, even though... Any photographs I've ever seen of the Acropolis Rally of the Gods is always of the dust yeah. clouds. And who can forget the year that Petter Solberg didn't know which way he was going down the stage because it was <laughs> in the evening and he had the lights on and the dust clouds. Mm. And Chris Patterson was, was it Chris oh, Patterson? Yeah. Was, wasn't it? Yeah. It yes. Was just, oh, oh, you better knew where he was going. Awful. Chris just got lost in the notes. That was, that was, that was one. That was on the, the, the stage again. They started in Athens and they came out towards Lutraki. May have been the Lutraki stage. Um, it was one of the best bits of driving I have ever seen. I've seen drivers where co-drivers lose their place in the notes, completely losing it themselves. And I think it was Chevy Pond. Yeah. I yeah, remember was, in that was, Spain. Yeah, that was very lost it, lost it. Lost it with his co-driver. And the co-driver went to bits, was in tears at the end of the stage. Solberg was absolutely cool as a cucumber, encouraging Patterson, don't worry about it, take your time. We're going past this point here. See if you can find where we are. Still, probably not 100%, but not far off 100% pushing on. Solberg never got lost. He knew exactly where he was going. And it was oh. one of the best, the best bits of driving I have ever seen. It was enormously impressive. It was one of the scariest co-rides mm. as a television viewer. Yeah, <laughs> I do yeah, yeah, yeah in the yeah. dark, yeah. 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 Um, I'm, I am going to just kind of edge this on because I'm... I'm aware of the time and the fact that um, there's a lot to be done before the rally actually gets underway. Um, I don't know if we can talk about what, what were you doing in Germany this week, David? Can we talk about that or not? Uh, we, yep, we were in Munich for a meeting. So, uh, a, a few journalists were, were invited to go out and have a you look. You nearly stayed there uh, longer than you thought you were going to stay. As well. I almost <laughs> did because stupidly I forgot that you do need a PCR test to come back into the UK. I made the, the closing doors of the airline with about 45 seconds to spare. But plenty yes, of time. Plenty of time, exactly. Uh, but no, we were there to look at the 360-degree um, sustainability sort of revolution, if you like, that's coming in the World Rally Championship from 2022. We all know, of course, that we've got hybrid cars for the first time. So we had the chance to sit down with Xavier Mestalampinon, the FI technical director, who talked us through how the hybrid works, how it actually works uh, in terms of of transmitting drive from an electric motor to to the wheel to the drive shaft uh we looked at the safety of the cars and and also we talked to people from p1 and to aramco about the sustainable fuel uh which we'll be using next year so all of that super was, interesting genuinely yeah. I'm, really I'm, interesting. I'm miserable you didn't uh, invite it, me david it, no i was gonna say it's right <laughs> mill street george it, it, it was interesting and, and you know i've written a piece just to ex sort of explain why we were there but there is an awful lot more content to come um and it yeah it i went there slightly skeptical i am slightly skeptical about everything wondering you know if we're 10 years too late with hybrid you know 
we're not. We have to do something. Uh, and I think the interesting part for me is that it, this is a three-year homologation cycle. So the FIA knows that essentially what we've got with hybrid is is the installation of a holding pattern, if you like, for the world championship. We've done enough um, to to make ourselves relevant, but we really have to to kick on from this in three years' time. Uh, will that be full electric? I don't know. Will it be hydrogen? I I don't know. Uh, but for sure, you know, we were beginning to look seriously like dinosaurs uh, if if we just continued with the current 17 cars. Uh, so something had to change, and it was it was fantastic. Yeah. It was it was all at the WRC promoters' premises in in Munich. It was fabulous to see. They are the swankiest of swanky offices. <laughs> Properly cool, as as you'd expect from the best sport in the world. Uh, so no, it was great to see Jonas Siebel, the managing director of, of WRC Promoter, and, and all of the guys there. A, a really genuinely great evening, uh, and and quite rare actually, just to have some food, uh, have a nice glass of wine, and just to actually just to catch up with people. You know, this just sort of leaning against the bar, chatting to Yari Matty or to that's what we to, miss, David. To, to, to anybody, totally. That's what, that's what, what we miss. We miss. Do, do you know yesterday? You know yesterday. Yesterday was uh, just just moving on slightly, David. But I'm coming back to what you're talking about there. But similar to what you're saying about chatting to to people in the service park, mm. and that's essential for particularly the world's greatest rally journalist. You know, who needs to talk <laughs> to people, who needs to understand. It, and we've missed our, our that job's break. about talking to people, Cole. It is. It, it is all about talking to people. And yesterday, I was, I was up in the stages, and I cleared this with, with the team PRs. You know, do you mind if I come across your drivers? Can I grab a few words with them? And, you know, I said to both Elvin and to, to Seb, this feels as near to normal as it has done in the last 18 months. Mm-hmm. You know, being out, doing a proper job, looking around the stages, finding the driver's opinion on the stages. There's some degree of normality there, and it was really really pleasant it was really it was it was very it was joyful I had, I had a great day yesterday but David very quickly just very quickly going back to what you say you know I am like you and I, I think you have to have a bit of skepticism to ask questions you know if you if you don't have a, you know a, an inbuilt hmm. you know sense of skepticism as a journalist you'll never question you'll never question you'll you'll otherwise, you do, otherwise you might as well just publish the press press releases Correct. and, and nobody nobody queries anything that's not yeah. journalism and that's not media output and that's Far, far removed from where Dirtfish are at. Um, I, I am, I am also, as you know, a little bit skeptical. And the, oh, and I get, and I'm coming round. I read your piece, and I thought, yeah, David is bang on. You know, um, we are moving in the right direction. The only thing that jarred with me slightly, and this needs a little bit more explanation. It needs a little bit more, um, you know, buy-in from the manufacturers. Was 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 Maton's stance that the WRC is going to become a lab? a laboratory for testing of new technologies. Well, it's not right now. It's not right now. It's not in the next three years. Now, the next three years are critical. The next three years are critical. We have to introduce Mm. some sort of technology that takes us back to the 80s with four-wheel drive, that allows the manufacturers to say, this is my technology. Remember, the hybrid unit is not not a Volkswagen unit, that's for sure, but it's not a Hyundai unit, a Toyota unit, or an M Sport unit. It's a generic. It's unit. a compact dynamic. So there's yeah, nothing yeah. that the, the nothing the manufacturers can hang their hat on and say that's ours. That that's what you when you buy a Hyundai, that is what goes into it because it's not. So that's what no, when I you think, talk and, about and, a testing lab. That is the situation we need to get ourselves into. And for me, that is what I'll be watching closely over the next three years. We are going in the right. And there direction. is there is still scope, Cole, for that for that eureka yeah, moment yeah, that, yeah. that that Audi had back in in 1980. Yeah. Uh, there is. 
and and maybe it is the somehow the the hydrogen fuel cell that's not a eureka moment but the installation of that into a car right. which then can you know essentially an, an suv uh it, it could yeah, be there's so lots I think of potential there is, there's... david there's lots of potential yeah. you know we mm. all know that you know, with with say for electric let's let's talk electric it may well not be electric but you drive an electric car at anything more than than granny and granddad pace and the battery charge just disappears it disappears it just chews it up you get you get minutes out of the battery you know, there is potential there in rallying for these manufacturers to showcase battery development and battery longevity and proper range and proper performance range. All of those things are potentially there for the future. But we have to give them, we have to give them with the regulations, the ability to go and do that. Now, there'll be all sorts of questions about, oh, it becomes again, a, you know, a, it's all about budget. You know, the more money you throw at it, the more you can invest, the, the better you get. I don't know. There's a dilemma there for me. You know, you either go one way or the other. It either becomes a lab where you allow them to develop and you allow them to spend money on development, or it's not. One or the I other. In a, so I'm in a strange situation where I'm in complete agreement with Colin. This has never happened. Lisa, earmark <laughs> this point. Georgie! Are you sitting George, down, I'm sitting down, and I'm, I'm just down I am excited with you, Colin. It's, it's fantastic to hear you say these <laughs> things, and I couldn't echo it firmly enough. Enough said from me. Brilliant. Yeah. Thank you, George. Right, Thank you, we've got one more thing, one more <laughs> bit of business. I'm moving on from that because this is like a right. mic drop moment. Um, sadly, um, and we kind of go full circle on this podcast after speaking with the love that we all have for Japan. Sadly, the pandemic means that Rally Japan will not run this year. I mean, it, it, you know, having what Cole had just said, you know, about the normality of getting back to talking to people. The, the pandemic does come back and bite us again, doesn't it, in, in the loss of, of Japan. And when we saw Formula One go 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 uh, down the pan, we, we kind of knew it was just a matter of time for, for the World Championship as well for us. And it has to be that way. You know, we can't, we simply can't go to, to that beautiful country uh, and, and put things into jeopardy. You know, it, we have a moral obliga- obligation here. Um, it, it's not the same for rallying, as we know, you know, Formula One, you go to a circuit, you stay there. We don't. We travel around the country. Uh, and whether we're all double vaccinated or whatever, uh, that's significant influx of people. It's not right at this point. You know, they're in a different place to, to where other countries are in terms of COVID-19. So it's, it's with a very, very heavy heart that, uh, that we have to accept that Japan is gone. And it's gone not for the for the first time. You know, we we saw it last year. Lou, it was lost to the pandemic mm. uh, as well. And even in 2019, don't forget, mm-hmm. it was on the calendar. It was on the provisional calendar, uh, and then it was sidelined to bring Corsica back. So this is the third time uh, Japanese rally fans mm. and the brilliant Japanese organisers have built themselves up only to uh, only to, to lose their event. So Japan has to come back. It has, has to. to come back. Absolutely, it is. It is. Ready to become one of the one of the foundations, essentially, of, of the of the future of the championship. We need to be back in Asia, yeah. uh, and we need to be back in Japan. What a bad decision that was in 2019. What a bad decision. You know, it, the promoter doesn't make many wrong decisions when it comes to the calendar. Remember? I'm not sure that was that was the promoter. Though, Correct. I think there was a I, lot of influence from the FAA there. Sorry, mate. I was coming on to that. I was coming on to that. I was backing the promoter in that one. Um, what yeah, what a no, dreadful was... decision that was. A dreadful dreadful decision to go for you know Corsica's a great event it's got great history it's got great heritage but the future is Japan you know you link this into what we've just talked about and your rallying becoming the 
the laboratory for, for manufacturers in the future. Well, you know, we've got to be talking about Asian manufacturers. We've got to be talking about not just Toyota, but potentially the Subarus of this world, the Nissans of this world. Uh, you know, when we go to Korea, we've got to be talking about other Korean and Chinese manufacturers. But instead, yeah. in 2019, we went back to Corsica. Really, I think you call it short-termism, Colm. Short-termism. Dreadful, dreadful, dreadful decision that was. Uh, but, David, talking about you know, the loss of, of Japan, one final thought on what might replace it. You know, we went to Monza last year, and it was entertaining. I've got to say it was entertaining. The weather made it entertaining. If we go to Monza this year, make sure there's emergency snow tyres. You know, pray for some snow, pray for some rain, because if it's dry, it's just not going to be the best spectacle and, to end the and, year. And maybe pray for a bit more um, stuff outside of the circuit as well. Yeah. The, the, yeah. There was one day outside on, on great roads, really great roads. Great roads. Great roads uh, but those, so, those, yeah. So let's roads. have two days I, out there. I, I suspect, I suspect what's going to happen, Colin, is that you're going to have, we're going to have the most spectacular Acropolis rally that's going to give us the most amazing result and, and uh, the most incredible action. And I think we should just go back there every weekend to make up for all these missed rallies. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> yeah. Yes, please, because we'll maybe it, the sun will we'll come, out the, come back in a few weeks. The Acropolis time. rally uh, of, of Great Britain. So we can have the RAC in, 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 in Greece, and then we can have the Acropolis <laughs> rally of, uh, of Monza, which will also give us an incredible result. <laughs> Uh, Finland, oh, we can probably just go to Finland anyway. But if not, we could probably have the Acropolis Rally of Finland. I'm thinking it's fantastic. Okay, I'm a big fan of Greece, you could tell. Yeah. Likewise. Yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Right, then I think that's a good place since things are all in agreement uh, for us to stop. If you have enjoyed what you've been listening to, don't forget you should be subscribing and the Spin the Rally podcast will drop into your listening provider's inbox. It'll be there for you. You won't have to go looking for us. We'll be there waiting for you to push the play button. Eagerly waiting. I'll we will. Be there. Won't we? We'll all be all four of us just waiting I'll quietly for you to push play. Calling out. <laughs> the, the pause button is also available. <laughs> yeah, don't use the stop button or delete. Um, and if you've got any questions for the team, hashtag Dirtfish Rally is the best way to get in touch with us. But now, yeah, we need to just go away and enjoy the Acropolis Rally of the Gods, to give it its proper title from Greece. And, oh, no. and then we'll meet again. That, that's, that's that's a gonna, complicated <laughs> one for Colin. That's going to give me problems this weekend. <laughs> I guarantee you, at some point this week, we will have God's Acropolis Rally. <laughs> of Great Britain. <laughs> I quite, God's yeah. Acropolis Rally. I, I like God's Acropolis Rally. Yeah, that, I like that. Yeah. I like that. Well, you, you, you enjoy oh. all the sunshine, Colin, because I assure you the weather forecast says it's going to be a gorgeous weekend. George, George, I hope you're... No, the way, weekend we is go. going to be lovely. Your, your forecast is right. The weekend's going to be lovely. It's good to leave it's just, it just with the Brits couple of days that we have bickering about the weather. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> it's what, it's well what done, we do. Chaps. It's what we do. Thank you, Lisa, David, Colin. Take care. Thanks, Thanks Lee. Bye, guys. Bye.